Richards trying to scoot in there alone. It pinballs to the crease. Score! Now a special presentation for you. Oh my God! Here we go. Here we go. Welcome to the Hot Street Bulls Podcast. With your hosts. Derek, How you gonna get it, brother? John. Johnny, you know, and producer, Matt. Unnecessary, but totally necessary. <laughs> What's not to love? What is up, everybody? Welcome to a Derek Bob free edition of the Pod Street Bullies. I am John, and I am here with my good friends, the Matts. Let's start off with my buddy Sandwich. Hoagie, how are you, bud? Oh, I'm doing great. This is uh, this is this is interesting. We're flying by the seat of our pants now, but I'm excited <laughs> for this episode. Derek has all the recording apparatuses on his computer. None of us have it, so we just spent the past 15 minutes trying to figure out how to record a Skype call. So if you're if you're hearing this, we figured it out. And if you're not hearing it, then well, we didn't. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to my other Matt friend, Matt Casey. How's it going, man? Good, man. How you guys doing? Living the dream, buddy. Living the dream. Still waiting on that damn house to close. <laughs> you know, I, I, I can't help but I can't help but notice that uh, that wall of white claws that was behind you last week is no longer. Oh, there it is. Oh, it's a little yeah. bit. It's moved. <laughs> moved. I actually I, I never had a white claw before, but when you had brought it up, I was like, I got to try one of these things. Ugh. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I kind of like them, but I've been on the high noons lately. Uh, some of the black cherry and lime high noons have been been leaking into New Jersey here. I really like seltzer, like like real non-alcoholic seltzer. So I thought I'd like them. That I just can't. It, it's like too syrupy. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta get on. I've been on the summer shandy. That's what I've been. The summer shandy. Yeah. Yeah. The lemon. I I know. Fruit beer has been a thing that I've been getting into, like grapefruit IPAs and stuff like that. I've never used to oh, touch yeah. that stuff, but but I'm hanging these days with that stuff. I don't know what it is. Anyway, we told ourselves <laughs> we weren't going to ramble. Kicked it off with some ramblings. Um, as I mentioned, Derek is not with us. He is in, I don't know, Shallow River or whatever. I can't, I don't remember what he called the place. Um, but he's on a family vacation. So suck it, Derek. And here we go. A um, lot to talk about this week. And we kind of wanted to kick off with Elliot Friedman's 33 thoughts. He is, it was his 31 thoughts blog, but it was 33 thoughts this time. And he mentioned two flyers points. So we're going to start off with the Seth Jones point. Um, I mean, I could read it verbatim. It's like everybody has but you've probably heard it. You've probably read it before. Essentially what he's saying is on the Seth Jones front, things have slowed down um, with the Flyers because it does not seem like Seth Jones really wants to sign an extension with the Philadelphia Flyers. So what I thought was we've talked about Seth Jones, the player, right, over and over and over again. We've talked about how great it would be for the Flyers to get him. But if he doesn't want to extend – with us, then there's really no point to trade for him. And it does bring up a time where the Philadelphia Flyers might not be a franchise that is a desirable destination for some of your top market players. Pogi, when I say that, do you agree? Uh, when it comes to the Philadelphia Flyers, absolutely. I think, you know, two years ago when we got Hayes, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, like, we had we got kind of got a high profile player in a way, and kind of gave us a glimmer of hope. And now, after this past year, it seems like no one would want to come here after after what we've been through. So I, I definitely think that it's no longer desirable like it was in, in years prior. Casey, how about you? I, I'm a little bit mixed on it. Um, I I get what you guys are saying but when you start to peel back those layers a little bit it's like okay yes Hayes was in my mind one of the biggest free agents two years ago so like we were able to lure him in here 
Prior to that, we've been in a rebuild mode for since what, 2014, 2015, which is not a desirable situation for the top free agents out there. And so I'm looking at it like, okay, did we pull ourselves out of that running uh, as a top free agent market? And then the other aspect is, is the the cap. Uh, you know, we can no longer just flaunt Ed Snyder's money and and bring in whoever we need to. Um, you know, that's been regulated. And we've, you know, in the past, I'm going back to, you know, the Shea Weber offer sheet. Like we tried to buy our way out of our problems and it right. worked for, for a really good amount of time. Like, you know, back when I was a, a young lad in the 80s and, and early 90s and stuff, like, you know, you were seeing big names come in and not just through trades. And so, look, has it fallen off? Yes, absolutely. Am I worried about it? Yeah, but these three weeks are going to be the t- determination of like the answer to that question, in my opinion. One thing that stood out to me, Casey, that you said was um, we were in a rebuild and that wouldn't mm-hmm. have brought the big name free agents in. However, right, I think of Panarin, right? I think of people going to the Rangers when they had made it clear they were in the middle of a rebuild. You know, mm-hmm. I understand Philadelphia isn't New York, right? I, I get it's not New York City. God, I'm sorry anybody in Philadelphia that I've offended by saying <laughs> that. But, I mean, as far as what the city brings, you know, it, it's not quite New York City. There really is very few cities out there that are. However, Philadelphia is still a huge hockey market, mm-hmm. right? So, so why is it that the New Yorks or maybe even the L.A.s or Chicago – Two can still seem to attract those names when it seems like, I mean, I guess you can say with Ke- uh, Kevin Hayes, but like with Seth Jones, right? Why isn't Philadelphia an attractive market this time around? Um, I mean, Hoagie, I guess we'll go to you again. I mean, I really don't know. I mean, you're, you're bringing up like, you know, the New Yorks, the the Chicago's, the LA's, I mean, you could toss Boston in there. I mean, they just got right. Taylor Hall. Like yep. you, you kind of have these kind of have these teams that are kind of just built around success. I want to say, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it's, it's tough. It's tough to, it's tough to really pinpoint it. I mean, you had, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of segueing, you know, you had Philadelphia Phillies. They had, they had players kind of like reaching out to other players saying, Hey, come play for us. Like, we we can do this. We're we're doing that. They went out and they got a Harper. They're they're out getting other players like a uh, Andrew McCutcheon and uh, Didi Gregorius. Like, are are players not doing that? Are they kind of like texting on the side saying, "Yeah, you you don't want to really come here." <laughs> like that's where my head's going. <laughs> so I I don't know. Well, it's 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 really tough. Right. And Matt Casey, I want to pitch this over to you. But one of the things that I was thinking about was. Snyder, right? This is this is much more of what seems to be a, a corporate-driven ownership now. And I'm wondering, and I'm curious if you feel similar, if maybe that is what is messing with things. I, I think it's certainly a culprit. And there's no shortage of, of critics out there that are saying, like, oh, the moment that Snyder died, you know, the, this team changed. And like, yeah, it, it did. Like, let's be realistic. Right. This was a family-run team, and, and now it is not. Now, with that said, I, I don't necessarily think that it's not – they're not as aggressive. I think we have a really, really bad taste in our mouth after last last season and also last off season, where it was like right. when you when you hear Chuck Fletcher say, "I was trying to make deals and I couldn't make it work." It's like, Dude, so you didn't do your job? Like, is that right. is that what you're trying to tell us? And I know he's talking to the press tomorrow, and you know who knows what kind of lip service that'll be. I don't think it'll be a whole right. lot of anything. But I want to go on, you know, two other points back a second. Number one is. Is this a, an attractive destination? And the other name I'll throw out there is is Elaine Vigneault. Like he was one of the top coaches out there, out there yeah. on the free market. We pulled him in. Now look, he was a Jack Adams finalist, and now he is, you know, about to get stoned to death based on Flyers Twitter, um, you know, because of what happened last season. So I do think it is still an attractive market for a very well and very established and respected coach like AV. The other right. thing is back to the original thing with Jones and um, you know things have seemed to cool off. 
like Friedman from, you know, I, I've never met the guy, of course, um, but every indication I've I've heard is that he has he has sources. He's getting stuff from oh, actual course, sources. Yeah. There is not a single the Flyers camp or the Seth Jones camp is not going to come out. I think this is posturing is what I am saying in one way or another. And I think Flyers may just be like, hey, look, like we're not interested unless you're willing to sign. And it may it's almost putting his feet to the fire. Jones may have come out and said vice versa, like, hey, I'm actually not going when he might be interested in signing with Philadelphia. Like, I don't think people are going to come out into the press and say exactly what they are thinking. No, I I 100 percent agree with you. I mean, I think the one thing that ties kind of makes me think that Philadelphia just isn't maybe his um, preferred destination is because if you think of like the geographical location of the other ones that are kind of out there, you know, mm-hmm. Colorado's, Chicago's, you know, they're, they're more Midwest to West. And then you've got Philadelphia, you know, in the East, or maybe he doesn't want to be there. I mean, and now you've got his brother in Chicago. I mean, I personally think that's where he's going to wind up. I mean, you look at what the Blackhawks did, they moved Duncan Keith out, you know, one of the most respected members of their franchise, mm-hmm. brought in Seth Jones's brother and cleared up the money, you know. Right, right. <laughs> like, I mean, I just... the, the other thing is, is you look at where Jones has played. He's played for who? Nashville and Columbus, right? And like right. Nashville, I think, you know, I my brother went to Vanderbilt like the year that um, the Predators came into the league. He and I went to a game when I visited. They had to describe the rules of hockey on on the board before. They were like, right. "This is what icing is," like all that stuff. And to see where that market is now is pretty amazing. Like that's pretty, you know, they, that's a cool market, but it is not a huge hockey market. Um, sure. the, if they had not made that run into the finals a couple of years ago, I don't think there'd be a ton of people. Columbus, it's like where dreams go to die. And right. so, you know, if he if he's looking for a New York or for a Chicago, like I, you know, even a Boston, like I do put Philly in that realm. But I can understand if like it's just not his personal preference to go, right. you know, to Philadelphia if he thinks he's going to be better off in Denver. Like, OK, man, that's like your life. It's your career. Like, go for it. Right. For sure. I mean, Hoagie, do you have anything else to add on this or do you think we should move I think the last thing to add is he wants to go somewhere that's where he's going to be successful and the team's going to be successful. I think he kind of looks at Philly and after the year they had, it, it, it's kind of like, a, eh, I don't know. No one knows what they're going to be next year. Whereas you look at the Colorado right. and they're probably just going to step right back into where, where they were. So, right. I mean, you look at a team like Chicago who, for so many years, everybody keeps saying bottom of the barrel, bottom of the barrel, and they seem to kind of keep competing until those last few days where it's like you look at Philadelphia and it's just hard to see that shining light that you might be able to see other places. But if the Flyers can't get Seth, can't do address the defense. I mean, wait, I think all can agree this defense cannot look the same exact way it did last season. So... Matt Casey, what are you doing with this defense now? Yeah, I mean, look, moves have to be made. And I keep, I referenced this a couple of weeks ago that I, I, I can't remember who put it out, but somebody put a poll out there. Do you want Dougie Hamilton? Do you want Seth Jones? Or do you want a combo of Alexiak and Ellis? And I like I was like, Alexiak and Ellis, like with, with like right. without even skipping a beat like that solidifies two thirds of your defense right there with a third period. That's actually not bad. And so like in my mind, whether or not it's those two players, I think if Jones and Hamilton, and unless you guys have heard anything, I I have not even heard a peep of Ducky Hamilton, even whispered no. in flyer circles at this point. Um, you know, I, I think there could be a combo of like two good B plus players instead of one, like, franchise changing player. And I kept on thinking back to, to, you know, who are the two best defensemen we've had in recent history uh, that were on the same team? And it was Timonen, um and it was uh, Pronger. And they weren't paired together. I think Timonen was right. with Coburn and Pronger was with like Matt, Matt Carl, or, or vice yep. versa. Yeah, Matt something Carl. like that. Yep. Um, <laughs> so like, and like, look, that worked. 
And so, I, you know, I, I understand the need to get Provorov, somebody as a number one, but I think you need to find that right fit. And we've seen it work with Niskanen. That might have been lightning in a bottle. Um, but I think we may have to go into that sort of like, okay, the the next ream down of quality player. Another couple of names that I've heard out there are, uh, who's the guy from Dallas? Uh, Jomerson? John, John, oh, Klingberg, I Klingberg is Dallas, isn't he? John oh, was Klingberg? it Klingberg? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Um, and then I was also thinking, you know, I heard somebody talking like, how's Tampa going to protect McDonough? Like, how's that going to, how, how might that work? Um, and so it's like, right. I think there's names out there. And it might not be right. the, the number one guy, but I think there's names out there that hopefully Chuck can, can reel in. And, and Hoagie, I'm going to pitch something similar to you, but are the Flyers actually better off? not, you know, putting all of their uh, eggs in one basket with like a Dougie Hamilton and a Seth or Seth Jones and taking that, you know, getting those next tier players, but getting two of them. Uh, to be honest, I, I have to, the fan side of me says, no, they're not better off. Cause you know, you want to see that, that big splash that we've all been waiting for, for years, but you know, the critic part of me of this team is we're probably better off with getting two four-star three-star players or b-plus players however you want to put it that way you know we can kind of save a little bit on the back end where we're spending that money between two players and not just one player that might not work out and it just makes more sense that way we can split them up put one on the top pairing one on in the middle pairing and you know let let success breed through that because then it'll it'll just go up and down the lineup at that point where if they're if they're all clicking then the entire team is clicking and that'll help your goaltender in the long run as well so yeah i mean fan side let's go make that big splash that we've all been waiting for ever since you know freaking (laughs) right what what was the last big splash probably like brisgalov 17 years 71 mil like that even though that wasn't really (laughs) a splash (laughs) but yeah that was a splashy off season though the only two jerseys i owned were were richards and carter (laughs) see ya (laughs) but but you know i do think the interesting thing is like if this team was on more of a solid foundation, right? If it if it had a more solid 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 foundation of players, you go and you get that flashy name. But we can all agree that this team needs more than just one name. This team mm-hmm. needs more than just one impact player. So you really do have to address the team as a whole and kind mm-hmm. of make that foundation more sturdy. And yeah, that's not going to get you the Seth Jones and the Dougie Hamilton. But at the end of the day, we want a winning team. And, you know, aside from Tampa Bay, a lot of the other teams who make it in the postseason and go far have a solid lineup of, you know, they're not necessarily your big name player. There's, of course, one in there. It's a very good no holes, I'm going to say. Uh, Hoagie, I mean, Casey just gave us a bunch of names. Are there any names he didn't mention that you'd be interested in them going after? Dude, you were breaking up through a lot of that. So, um, at least on my end. Was I? Yeah. Yeah. Me too. (laughs) Uh, Here we go. Um, I'll try it. Am I better now? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So... Matt Casey brought up a bunch of names of players that he would like to, you know, see the Flyers possibly pursue. Was there anybody that he didn't mention that you would like to see them go after? Um, I mean, not. I don't really have my sights set on anybody really. I just kind of, kind of just feeling out like what's out there. Um, it's it's just tough. I don't really know who's available, especially with this expansion right. draft. You really don't know everybody what's out there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have my sights set on anybody specific. I just, you know, want something that's better than what was back there <laughs> this past season. What, what, what's, uh, what's your take on that, John? Like, any names out there for you that have been catching your eye? There, there is one, um, and it's Mark Giordano in Calgary. Mm-hmm. Now, the Flames can't 
can't really protect him. I mean, they could, but there are three defensemen that they should protect over Giordano. Um, chances are that Seattle will then look to take him because, I mean, mm-hmm. great leader, right? Just one more year on his contract. But I'm, I remember, and I think it was Elliot Friedman, but I could be wrong, a few weeks back saying Seattle might look to trade some of the people that they take in the expansion draft. Wouldn't it be great to get a guy like Mark Giordano and put him with an Ivan Provorov? Or if you didn't need to put him with Provorov, put him with Sanheim. If Sanheim mm-hmm. needs that maturation, I mean, and then after one year, you decide, okay, you're a million years old. You want to come back on, you know, a more team-friendly deal. Um, who knows? But I just feel like if, you're, if you need somebody to kind of calm the storm, there's mm-hmm. nobody better than a Giordano type. Now, mm-hmm. again, there would have to be a lot of moving parts there, but I think he would be a really inter- interesting player to pursue. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. And, you know, and I think there's going to be a lot of names like that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm convinced it's going to be Matt Dumba just solely because of the Minnesota. Fletcher. Yeah. yeah. Um, Fletcher which I'm not against. Us. Right which I'm not against, but I do think then you need to also hit on the next guy too. Mm-hmm. Like you, that, you know, you have to make sure that both guys you bring in are hit. And I also think you need to look at what we keep on saying, like, Oh, the top priority is to get somebody in with Provorov. It's like, okay, like what, what player is that going to be? Or what style of player is that going to be? And also like, what do we also need to help solidify the blue line and this team in general? And like, right. look, Dumba, I, I don't have his, you know, his stats in front of me or, or his size or anything like that. But like, you know, I we need a big physical, uh, and I'm not talking like fighting presence. We need like a physical presence out right. there, like Sam Moran plus skill. Um, you know, would be <laughs> would be ideal. But I, I I do care for for Big Sam. But like, you know, we need to get more physical and clear the freaking crease and like have a guy who's actually going to be people are going to be scared to play against not just the puck moving defensive first uh, guy in there. And that person may be easier to get than, you know, that top pairing defenseman. But, um, you know, I think there's a lot of holes that this team needs to, needs to tackle. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think too, like we get caught up and Hoagie, I'm going to kick this to you. And I don't even know if there's going to be a question here, but you're going to have to just respond anyway. (laughs) We almost get caught up in that like video game mentality. Like you need your, your top defenseman and your top two defensemen and you need your, you know, top four defensemen. They've all got to like fit into these roles. Right. And it's like, well, is Provorov really a, a number one defenseman? Right. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like they've just got to look at who they have and what the good fits are. Like, I don't really care if Matt Dumba, right. Is, is not a top two defenseman. If he fits with Provorov, I don't care what you call him. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, so Hoagie, take that and run. No, I think I think you know we kind of saw glimpses of that this past season where you know Justin Braun's not a top two defenseman, but you still saw him slotted next to Pro Rob. Like you, you had those glimpses. So if you can find something that sticks and they play well together, do it. If it's a Matt Dumba, that's great. But along with Matt, what Matt Casey said is we definitely need a physical guy. We need somebody that is going to throw the body. Like, yeah, Myers can, you know, try to throw the body, but his legs get intertangled in each other, and he pretty much falls in, just <laughs> falls into the guy. It doesn't do much. Like, <laughs> you need you need a guy that's going to move guys in front of the net so that Carter Hart can see the freaking puck, and you need someone that's going to put a guy on his butt as he's crossing the blue line. That's something we don't have guys doing. We don't have somebody that's stepping up. To, to make that hit. We're, we're playing too much of a catch-up where, yeah, you know, Myers, Sandheim, Provorov are all jumping into the play and then they're chasing back. We, it's, great, it's great when Myers does it because it's like, wow, that kid can really freaking move. But mm-hmm. we need someone that's, that's going to control the whole flow coming into our zone. And it's also that, the, you know, sometimes just looking at 
angles that you know Myers in particular, but like you know the defense as a whole, you're just like, what? Did, did you guys even did you study geometry? Like did you study study math in sixth grade? Because you got to realize that that angle isn't going to work at the speed that you know this guy's going. So I I mean you know one of many things that I'm sure that practice time and you know all that stuff would have really helped out with, but. Um, it doesn't change the fact that everyone's stock plummeted um, on the Flyers' defense this year. Right. And I also think it brings up another interesting point, and I feel like, you know, we're, this is kind of – this wasn't written down, Hoagie, so I hope you're going to be okay. This was not written down. <laughs> Damn. Right? But Damn. I think you're going to be okay here. I'll even kick it to Casey first so you have a little time to prep. But when I – when I look at the Flyers' defense, it's like, who do you pair with Provorov? Who do you pair with Sanheim? And who do you pair with Myers? Right? Mm-hmm. Because you'd have to imagine that, like, those are the pillars of your defense moving forward. Everybody else is like, let's see what you can do with them. Mm-hmm. Is there – we all agree that we need somebody for Provorov. We need somebody for, My, for Sanheim, right? We all agree they're not necessarily on this roster. But – is somebody to pair with Meyer on like a third pairing on this roster or do they have to go out and get somebody else? I I mean, I I almost answer it with like, I I don't see a scenario where both Sanheim and Myers are on this, are on the opening night roster. I I just, I, I, I cannot fathom it. I also don't see a scenario if, if Chuck does his job, and that's the huge asterisk on this, I don't see a scenario where we have a first draft pick this year. Um, and so, like, that's like, you know, that's the reality of this thing. It's like, we might not have to look for a pairing for both Sandheim and Myers. Everyone's going to ask for Sandheim, and we're going to uh, try to serve up Myers. And, like, I do think Myers is going to have a better year no matter where he goes or if he's with Philly. I, I do think he's going to do a little bit better. But Sandheim's more of a sure thing than Myers is, sure. in my opinion. Yep. Um, so, like, look, if it ends up with all three of those guys are there, and, like, ha- but then who who are we left with? Like, we have to move Ghost. We have to move, you know, right. Braun. Like, who's going to take Braun? We don't want to move York. Um, and so, you know, Big Sam is still there, but, you know, that guy has scotch tape knees at this point. So, like, right. if those three, if all three, Provi, Myers, and Sanheim are still with the team on October 12th, like, that's going to be a pretty big concern for me, unless Chuck does his job so well that we were able to keep all of them and still upgrade the blue line, which I, I just don't see that, how that's possible. Right. And so, Hoagie, then I want to go to you. If you are planning to have York be on the NHL roster, right? You you got to move Myers or Sandheim, right? Because you can't put one of those guys on a pair with them. Yeah, I, I definitely not. Not with Cam York, not with those two, because they, their wrists just being on the ice sometimes, just because of of their thinking. They, they're they're all so offensive minded that it's kind of crazy. It, it, that to me at least. Um, but I mean, I want to answer your question, your first question to Casey, with a question: with is Myers really a pillar? For this def- defense, though, I know I know he's on probably be protected come expansion draft, but every single trade proposal that you see, whether it be from someone that's credited like like the guys at uh, you know MBCS Philly or whoever, they all have Myers in some type of package deal to go somewhere. So right. do you really consider that guy to to be there? To me, no. I think, I think he's young enough right. and that no, he'll be able to flourish somewhere else. Right, and I think it's one of those things too, where it's like when you have a bag of poop, right? You just you find the shiniest pieces of poop, and he just happens to be <laughs> one of those. <laughs> but so I, I guess pillar would be the wrong word, but a, a defenseman of value on this team, I guess, mm-hmm. would be a better a better title for young Myers, you know, yeah, I, I like that phrase a lot better than, than pillar. Cause as, right. as, pillar, well, as, as a pillar, you, you're pretty much saying he's concreted right into that, that role. So Provorov, that's it. That's the only pillar on this defense. In my, in my opinion, he's the yes. only, answer. yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Untouchable. Right? Yeah. All right, cool. Well, I guess we should shift gears. We spent a lot of time talking about the defense, but let's get back to our buddy Jake Voracek because Jake Voracek made the news again. Um, no, I'm not talking about the streaking video. Did you guys see that? No. Which one is that? What happened? Yeah, I'm just screwing with you. No, there's no streaking <laughs> video. Damn. <laughs> oh, he's on Twitter also, 16 hours a day. He wouldn't see that. <laughs> Oh, Listen, Vorchek blocked me, so I wouldn't have. <laughs> so, uh, Elliot Freeman also in his 33 Thoughts has a little bit on Vorchek. Essentially, you know, and I'm paraphrasing here, saying that Flyers and Vorchek have talked about moving him, right? Whether it be the expansion draft, if the expansion draft doesn't work, they might look to trade him, but they also might consider life with Vorchek if nothing else happens. And I guess I'm just going to throw this out there. Like, Hoagie, when you read this, when you heard about this, what are your thoughts? Anything new? Go for it. I mean, I think I think everybody knows at this point that I'm the biggest fan of not having Borchek on our opening night roster come October. And I've been saying right. it for years now. Uh, like, it, if you want to change, if you want to change in the locker room, he's got to go. Like, I, I, I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm sure he's a great leader for, for young kids, but – he doesn't put up what you expect someone of his caliber to do for this team. And I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of hearing, Oh, well, what about the F you attitude and the swagger that he brings to us, to this team? He doesn't really, he brings it. He brings that F you attitude and the swagger when he's in the media room, he doesn't bring right. it on the ice. Mm-hmm. If you want, the only person that I really see it bring it on the ice is goddamn freaking, uh, my boy, Scotty Lotz. He's the only one that brings that right. swagger and fu attitude. He don't give a, a rat's ass who who he's talking to. Right. Borchek doesn't right. bring that. Like, get over yourselves. It's time for a change. Good riddance. See you later, Jake. Good luck wherever you go. Boom. <laughs> Matt Casey, what do you say about that, man? Um, I, as I'm not as aggressive about it, I, I agree with Hoagie. It's uh. It's just time. Jake has run his course. You know, he he's he's been around for a long time. He is he and G are the core members of the core like they are the center. It's been made very clear that they want to keep G here as long as they can, based on the the comments that happened. Now, you know, with if Jake is here and we don't move James Van Riebsdyk, then it's like, okay, this seat. This offseason is going to be a borderline disaster. Um, And if Seattle's willing to take Jake, um, and I know we tackled this last week or two weeks ago, it's like, if you got to throw in a third round pick to get him to take Jake, do it. Do it. Because what that is doing is clearing up a ton of cap space where you can improve this team for the next couple of years instead of like watching Jake lollygag off every single shift. Now, look. You know, people can throw stats and like, sure, that's part of it. He's, you know, he's had a successful career from a stat standpoint. I just think it is time for us to move on from him and him to move on from us. Um, And the cap and the term that he has would be a gift in itself for us to get relief from. Right. And I mean, I think the thing that puzzles me is you you have this group of I guess fans, but also some people who kind of, you know, go into the media side of things. When I say media, I mean people like us, right? I mean, we're not Mm -hmm. like the media, but we we like to pretend to be once in a while. (laughs) We're not going to any Stanley Cup games. (laughs) No, no, we're not. Not even if the Flyers are in the Stanley Cup. Um, But anyway, it's it's this idea of like, well, who's going to replace them? Who's going to replace him? I don't see anybody who could replace him or, you know, look at what this guy's been able to do, you know, similar to what both of you have been saying, you know, through the stats and all that. But he's been on a mediocre team, mediocre team for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Nine or something like that. Yeah. If you're going to shake things up, it's getting rid of the people who have been here for a long time. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna like, oh we're shaking things up. We traded you know Nick Abe Kubel. Woo! You know <laughs> you have to 
be willing to separate from the from those people. And if you're not willing to, that means to me you're going. We can just run it back with the same team for the most part that we had last year. Mm-hmm. Because the only way you're getting big changes is to clear up cap. And that's what you do when you get rid of Jake Borjak. And for people who are looking at this and going, well, we can just run it back next year. I got a big problem with that. Like, I, I don't know how you could look at this team and go, it's all, it was just it was a COVID year. It was strange. You know, I don't know. And maybe it's, it's hard because where we need to address things are more on the back end on defense, but you mm-hmm. still have to clear the cap. And our biggest tickets are forwards. So you have, you're going to have to get rid of them. I mean, and I'm with you guys. See you. <laughs> I mean, at this point, I don't even care what we get in return for them. You know, if it's, if it's, it has to be a trade. Um, right. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping Seattle will take them. I hope that, you know, that will be the case. And, and I, again, you know, I, it, you know, you, you got to take what you see in the in the press with a little bit of grain of salt because everybody kind of has a motive there. But, you know, all, all indications are like, OK, it's going to be one of three people. It's going to be either Jake, JVR or Ghost. And honestly, like, yeah, we as fans, I you know, we have emotional attachment, quote unquote, to them. Um, the, the one like I think we can still get something for Ghost from a trade standpoint and I think he is replaceable. Um, Jake, I would like to see just out of here. Cause I, the point production stuff, it's like, I, I get it, but I do think there are people on the roster who can come up or people that we can bring in for that money that are, you know, three years younger than he is uh, and don't have a, as much term to make that happen. Uh, JVR on the other hand, like I wouldn't be upset to see him go. I don't necessarily like love the sort of like monotone, you know, sort of nature that he has. He doesn't have that swagger, but you know what? The guy does something that nobody else in the league does as well as he does, which is tip pucks and be obnoxious in front of the goal. Um, so right. I don't know. I'm, I'm all for, I'm done with Jake as well. <laughs> and I mean, and the argument could be made and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but okay, I'm just curious if you agree with me here. The argument could be made that, Borchek's skill set is easier to replace than JVR's. Oh, absolutely, uh, absolutely. But I, I also feel like we have, we have guys on the on this team already that can already replace Jake. Yeah. Faraby showed an incredible year, lots of promise. I feel like you know you give him someone to really play with and really click with, he'll replace that point percentage. If Connecticut can find his damn game, he might be able to do it. Hayes might even be able to do it if he's given the right assets on his line. I know he's a defensive-minded center, but I feel he's always flirted with that 40-50 point range. I think, you know, you give him some solid guys on his wings and some real minutes, I think he could get that 60-point production. But, I mean, Voracek has barely, you know, put up 60 points. It was like four or five times. And he's hit right. like 80 once. Like it, it's not, it's not like we're missing a whole lot. Like other guys can really hit those plateaus. Right. Did we lose you, John? All right. Does anybody else have anything else? No, I don't think so. I'm here. Oh, there we are. There we are. Fro- right. Froze for half a second. Oh, all right. Yeah. For anybody who doesn't know, I'm sitting outside because I have nowhere to go in my lovely in-laws home to, uh, <laughs> to record. So that's why my, <laughs> my, uh, <laughs> Connection's a little spotty. But anyway, I feel like we've we've done enough for it, Jack. Right? Anybody else have anything else they need to say about that guy? Nope. No. Nope. Lovely. Let's move on to big name forwards who could possibly be available. So non-flyers. I wanted to bring up two names this time. And the first one comes from earlier on in the week. Um, Jeremy Rutherford, I believe is his name, from The Athletic. Uh, he covers the St. Louis Blues put out an article saying that Vladimir Tarasenko has requested a trade. Now, Vladimir Tarasenko is not necessarily the same Tarasenko that, like, you think of when you say his name. Um, he has suffered two, I think, two major sh- uh, shoulder injuries and yeah. had to have surgery for them. He's played something like 30-something games in the past two seasons. But all signs seem to point to at least his 
his physical self being healthy. Um, is this a guy two more years with a $7.5 million cap hit that you would be interested in the Flyers pursuing? Let's start with Hoagie. Tarasenko, if he could stay healthy, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd rather him than Borchek. He's a shoot-first type of guy. You got to you gotta kind of go after that guy. I, uh, I've always liked his play. I think, you know, he has been hurt a lot in his career, but look what he did. He won, he won a Stanley Cup with the Blues under Craig Berube as coach. Like, I think you get him right. a solid coach and some other solid players around him on another team. I think it'll definitely freaking work. Well, yeah. I mean, and if you look at before his injuries took place, right? So we're talking tw- uh, 2018, 19, 33 goals. 27, I mean, 2017, 18, 33 goals. The year before that, 39. The year before that, 40. The year before that, 37. Like this guy, when healthy, is a goal scorer. So, mm-hmm. Casey, how about you? Is, is he on your radar? You know, he wasn't until I actually started like doing some digging on it. And, you know, you mentioned the seven and a half million, uh, seven and a half million uh, cap hit, which, you know, th- that's a hefty chunk for uh, basically a, w- a wounded soldier. So, you know, those two right. shoulder surgeries, that's concerning. There's no doubt about it. Could you get St. Louis to eat some of that budget? Maybe, um, right. you know, possibly. I-, I don't know if that would work or not, but, as I think about how it could work in the grand scheme of things in this offseason, and this will go with the other name that we're about to talk about as well, but it's like, okay, so let's say we do go with those two B-ish level, you know, B-plus level defensemen. That's great, maybe good for the for the team as a whole. That's not going to help fix the business side of what the Flyers need to do of getting fans excited and engaged with this team in butts and seats. Tarasenko is a name that would help do that in my opinion um if you had i I think it's worth the risk um you know he's what two years two years left on his contract two years yep and you get you got to think that any team that's going to look at him seriously is going to have their doctors do you know one hell of a workover on him and see what they're really getting same as you know the, the eichel thing in my mind he's a less risk a lesser risk than eichel is um right and so I, I don't know. I think it'd be I think it'd be an interesting interesting deal to take a look at for sure. The interesting part though is what it would cost because another article that the Athletic put out had to, it was Jeremy Rutherford and Pronman Chris Pronman and they were talking about potential trade partners for Tarasenko and what deals would look like and the Flyers were mentioned. Now when I think Tarasenko, I think salary for salary. I don't know if you guys are with me on that. I, I think, Hoagie, you brought it up. Borchek for Tarasenko. Like, change of scenery, swap, beautiful. Right? I mean, but Rutherford mentions Morgan Frost and Phil Myers. Um, that's not really moving the money. Right? Yep. So now my question, <laughs> my, my question here is Oh, you broke up there, John. Like a Morgan Frost for ah. <laughs> am I am I better now? You're yep. back. That screen helped. I need to I need to move, man. I need to move. I need to move and get into a house with internet. So, Casey, what I was saying was, if the deal is Morgan Frost and Phil Myers, are you making that deal, or do you need to send a Jake Borchek or at least? Shane Goss's bear in the Tarasenko yeah. trade. Yeah, I, I think if you can if you can shed Goss's bear instead of uh, Myers, assumingly, um, I I think you do it. Like I'm still intrigued by Frost, and like I know he's likely going to be part of a lot of trade rumors and anything we do. I'm still intrigued by him, but I'm not like oh, we have to have more than Frost. Like we we don't have to have more than right. Frost. There's a reason why we have all this these great draft picks from, you know, years from the last couple of years. It's so we can actually get something either with them or something bigger like Tarasenko. So look, if, if, if it's, if it's ghost or somebody like that, yeah, I'm interested that 
we have to be able to move salary. But again, maybe it's, you know, Jake is to Seattle and we do have that kind of money. Um, so right. I don't know. I think there's ways around it there. Hoagie, what do you think? I mean, I'm, I'm right there with Matt. I'm, I'm still intrigued by Morgan Frost, but I mean, if he's got to be a part of a trade to better this team now than, you know, waiting for somebody that could blossom right. in the next year or two, I think you may, you kind of pull the trigger. I, I, I'm not huge on Myers being in this, in this package, mainly just because of the money. You, you, some money's got to move around, especially for right. us. So you gotta you gotta play you gotta play some chess with this one, um, and and see see what uh, St. Louis is willing to take on their books. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how I'm not sure how their their salary cap looks, but I, the, you gotta play some chess and see what they're willing to take from us. Right. I mean, and you know, there's an interesting question here too, where it's like, okay, Seattle takes Voracek, right? And now you have that free 8.25 million. Do you then want to use all that on a risk such as Tarasenko? You know, I mean, because mm-hmm. you could be putting yourself in a very similar position. I, I, I look at it, man, like if the answer up front is no, but right. my other, my other qualm with this is like, I can only seriously consider Tarasenko if we have addressed the needs that we have at defense first. Yep. Um, right. If they, like it may be a it may be a splashy name, but like if we're just having Tarasenko, like we are going to be once again the most scored upon team in national hockey. Right. Right. And I mean, Hoagie, I'm assuming you're the same. Yeah. Right in agreement. I mean, there's there's way too many unknowns that this team is about to do this off season. So it, it, we got to shore up the defense and then, and then look right beyond that. Right. So, I mean, I mean it's got to come at the right time. I definitely don't want to put words in either of your mouths, but Tarasenko is more of a luxury. It's, it's not a need right. at this point. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, right. it's a, it's a, it's a need, but it's still luxury right. at this point. I, I think it's also, if we're looking for a pure goal scorer, I think there's cheaper right. options out there yeah, that don't absolutely. have that risk. And I'm not denying the fact that we need a another goal scorer on here, but um, for sure. Yeah, I think we I just talked myself out shoot, of that trade. <laughs> we need a shoot first type of player. Right. Right. Which we don't really have. Well, kind of on that theme of luxury, right? Let's move to the next guy <laughs> because <laughs> this is definitely <laughs> not necessarily a need. Um but would be nice. So this is the Tesla. Jump to Tampa, jump to Tampa Bay. Um, and this really wasn't much of a report. It was someone, and I can't remember who. I'm not as good at Derek with Derek because I don't actually look. I just see something and go, "Oh, this would be fun to talk about." But somebody in media mentioned that Tampa Bay um, is considering or looking to possibly move Steven Stamkos. Right. They are, I mean, they're already over the salary cap. They right. need to move money. So, yeah, I mean, Steven Stamkos, obviously, when you think of Tampa Bay Lightning, he's who you think of. All right. He's 31 years old. Somebody who's dealt with injuries a lot recently. Not really the player he once was. I would imagine. I mean, the numbers aren't exactly there, but anyway, Hogan, you're shaking your head. Is Stamco somebody no, that you would no. No. This is just it's just dumb. Like when I saw Flyer when I saw Flyers fans like get excited about Stamco's, I was like, Oh my god, it's another one of those. Like stop it. Right. Stop it. I wanna smack every <laughs> single one of you. <laughs> like it's not a player right. that we're gonna go out and get. Like it, Stamkos is, is is lightning. He just won two cups with the Lightning and has had so much success with the Lightning that even if he does get moved, he's not coming to Philadelphia to be a flyer. There's no way. <laughs> right. Uh, Casey, how about you? What do you say? Look, would I love to see Stamkos hypothetically in a Flyers jersey, like, you know, ripping power play shots? And, and yeah, I would. But uh, – I, I can't even entertain this at this point. Like I, right. I think it is so far fetched. And I also think, you know, the guys, 
you said 31, I think, you know, it was eight and a half million for the next two years. You know, the three cap hit actually, think. oh, next three years. Yeah, yeah, through 24. Um, you know, the cap is not as big as I thought it was going to be for a guy like Stamkos. But, but, you know, the injuries, you know, it's just right. he's been through the battles. And, you know, he has the cops to show it and he has the rings to show it. Like, good for him, man. But um, right. I just, you know, I, I love the the hypothetical of it. I just I can't even start to figure out how that would happen. This is more of like that NBA mentality, right? Like just bringing in the star player. Right, um, right. Listen, the but only time I'm, I've ever seen Steven Stamkos in a Flyers jersey is NHL 14 when I traded for him. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you so go. I, I, I right. was listening to I was listening to a podcast the other day. I'll throw in one more name out there. This hasn't been reported, but somebody somebody was just doing like hypothetical. I think it was um. Uh, the NBC one, um, Jordan Hall was going through this and, you know, I'll credit him for it, but he was like, what if we were able to trade for Johnny hockey? And it's like, okay. I, at first I was like, that's ridiculous. No way. But then he started walking through some of the stuff and I was like, okay, it's not as bad. And you want somebody to put butts in seats. You got a hometown kid who comes yep. through and it's, I was like, huh, okay. That actually has me a little bit intrigued. So you know, who knows, you know, that's all speculation and who knows. But, um, you know, at, at this point, we we just need real information. Like we are we're, we're driving <laughs> right. ourselves. Absolutely. Like Flyers Twitter is eating themselves alive right now uh, oh, just with yeah. any inkling of information. Right. So well, another fun name, too. Oh, go ahead, Ogie. So I, I I don't know where I saw it. I did see it on Twitter. I don't know from who or what, but. It was a while back, and I did see something about maybe Calgary is looking to move on from Johnny Hockey. And yep. as Flyers fans, it's kind of like the Bobby Ryan show where we've mm-hmm. always wanted to bring home the, the hometown right, right. kid, which bring I would love old. to see Johnny Hockey in orange. Yeah, I mean, Bobby Ryan at this point, it's a little, a little far-fetched, but I think Johnny Hockey would be a great fit on this team. But I did see something that they might be looking to move on. I don't know how true it is, but mm-hmm. I – um. You know, from what I've heard, it's all contingent on whether or not he'll sign an extension. And I think that when free agency starts, his no movement clause kicks in. It's like a modified no movement clause where he can give a list of five teams he'd go to. Right. Now, the hometown thing makes you think that the Flyers might might be on that list. But who knows? But, uh, you know, Calgary has a decision to make pretty darn soon if they want to be able to trade him anywhere I mean, mm-hmm. 28th is around the corner you know so it is interesting but i'm with you i'd love to see uh goudreau with the uh the flyers one more name phil kessel oh, set up the hot dogs no, you, baby. No. <laughs> phil kessel no not at all nobody wants to even entertain that with me for a minute i, I would see it i mean it's, it's... one more year one more year, I'm looking at it right now. 6.8 cap it. Let's see how he did last year. I think he's still producing. Like, as long as, as as long as we can get a hot dog stand right there in the locker room, I'm I'm fine for yeah, it. That's the issue, man. It's like he 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 gets into the Philly cheesesteak scene, and this guy's gonna gonna <laughs> oh, be yeah. issued pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My my internet is not allowing me to look at anything because I'm Skype is taking it all. But I'm pretty sure Phil Kessel, 20 goals, 20 goals, and 23 assists last year. On the on, right? Yeah, Arizona. Yeah. You say you could bring him in, you know, move a younger player. I don't think that's a bad move for one year. See if it works. He was a minus 17. That's fun. That's cute. <laughs> Fit right in. I mean, let's be honest. This plus minus has never been good. Last year, minus 17. Year prior, minus 21, minus 19. His worst was with Toronto, 2014, 2015, with a minus 34. So, like, it's because he can't back check his ass back. Right. 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 Yeah. I don't mind mind the idea. I'm not spending six and a half million on that guy, though. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll sell it next time. I'll, I'll come up with a better presentation. 
I, 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 I do I do have one good piece of Flyers news this week, which is okay. we didn't we didn't pick up Pierre Maguire in our front office, so that's <laughs> that, that, I, that's I mean, dynamite. Come on, <laughs> if anybody if any team is going to pick up Pierre Maguire, of course it's the Ottawa Senators. It's like you finally look like you're going in the right direction. It's like, hey, let's bring in this guy, you know? He calls everyone by their whole first name. Right. I mean, and if you want to know, you know, where one of your players' godfathers used to go and, you know, get beers on the Thursday night, then I guess Pierre Maguire's your guy. But I just, I don't know. (laughs) I, I guess I guess we're not an attractive destination. There you go. Right. Oh, well. So one thing I did want to get to before we're done, and I know we're running short on time here, is a while back we did a segment that we used to call Wait What? And Derek and I would essentially point out things on Twitter and kind of go off on it. We've been going off a little bit recently at the Pod Street Bullies. We've decided to take a little bit new mentality where we're not going to be offensive to people. We're not just going to, you know, give you shock factor. But when somebody's spewing a bunch of garbage just to get your attention and probably get follows, we're going to call them out on it. So I wanted to kind of wait what it a little bit and talk about fanboy media. And I'm going to allow to two of you to also kind of chime in here a little bit, but I'm going to get it kicked off. Having fan-based opinions, a fan mentality opinion, is something all of us have. We're sports fans. That's what we do. We should all, if we're passionate about a team, we're going to have the mentality of a fan. When you decide to take on a role or a responsibility as, and I'm using air quotes, media, you need to be able to put that to the side. You need to be able to view things unbiased and objectively and present people with takes that make sense, right? That, that just aren't, you know, you in your orange colored glasses. And I feel like recently there has been a group of people, I'm not going to identify their, you know, where they right for anything i'm sure everybody's gonna know what i'm talking about anyway but (laughs) it's a group of people who literally just tell fans what they want to hear it's pandering at its finest and i think that it's upsetting to see people who love this sport as much as we do get taken advantage of in that way and i think us calling it out, if it's, that's going to make us bad people, people get all hot and bothered about it, I'm okay with it because somebody needs to start calling them out. I mean, it's getting to be garbage. But anybody want to say anything about this? Go ahead, Casey. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I agree with you. And you read some of the tweets out there or listen to some of the content that they're putting out in general – and it's tough to listen to because, look, a positive mentality is probably good for anyone. But at some point, it's just like, OK, you lose all credibility, even with like an opinion based, you know, sports platform. And, you know, the beauty of podcasts, the beauty of YouTube is that like, hey, fans can have an easier opinion and that can get out there. And it's great. But if you want your opinion to be taken seriously, you also need to be realistic about where this where the team is in the general ecosystem of the NHL and the general, you know, history of itself. And so, you know, I I don't love going all negative either, but like the overly positive stuff after a year that we just saw, which was like the most, the second most disheartening year minus the 2006, 2007 year where we were the worst team in the league. um, You know, it, it needs to be called out and it's okay to be optimistic, but at the same time you need to be realistic and, Right now, you're seeing way too much optimism with zero realism there. Right. Hoagie, what do you have to say, buddy? (laughs) You guys know my (laughs) frustrations. I've thrown this out there. Thank God I was at the Phillies-Red Sox game on Friday because, John, you would have got me into a lot of trouble. (laughs) (laughs) I got into enough Um, trouble. Jeez, man. Yeah. (laughs) But 
you guys you guys saw my frustration right before we hopped on the pod when I texted you guys about a certain video that really ticked me off. And it was it was someone saying I can't put my fanboy opinion to the side when it comes to this certain player. And if you're trying to be a part of the media uh, and write and write for a a website and you know do these videos for a website what have you you gotta put that shit to the back seat and i'm sorry john i, I i'm ready to go I, this is gonna be like a, my mini pod street pop off go like go. it's you can't take this team seriously if you can't put that to the to the back burner because and, and when i was writing for you for the website i i had to take a step back and kind of reel in my fanboy attitude, and I even said it on the podcast tonight. Fanboy, fanboy attitude of the Flyers. Yeah, I'd love to make that big splash, but let's be critical and and this right. is what we actually need to do. And this is what these people need to realize is there are legit things that we that this team needs, and it's not this whole positivity crap that you see all over the place. For a while, I took a step back from Twitter because it was just constant, just like garbage and muck, and it was just like. It was just bad, and then you know every once in a while you'd see it. Uh, you know, it, it, not everything's that bad. It, it's we're on rebound, and that's the shit you don't want to see. Right. We, you, you have to throw in the garbage because you have to be critical of this team because you have to, you have to call it out. Like, and I'm right there with you, John. We're gonna call it as we see it now because it's getting tiring. It's not right. This is this is not what this fan base needs. If you're trying to cover their team, call it like you see it. In regards to this team, call it like you see it and demand change. The whole fanboy right. and everything's okay and it's puppies and rainbows and what have you, not going to work anymore. It's complete crap. <laughs> well, and the thing is, too, I think we forget that people actually cover these teams for a living. Like, right. they do this for their bread and butter. And the internet and social media and podcasts stuff and being able to make your own website has opened doors for us to have fun. But you also have to show the people respect who do this for a living by also taking it seriously. Like if you're going to do this, try to do your best work and just, you know, this positivity train regardless to me, it's insulting. It's insulting to the people who do this for a living. It's insulting to the people who go to them for information. So yeah, they're just a bunch of idiots. Casey, you got anything else to add about this? Because I think we could just go on forever. No, no. I mean, look again. This is uh, th- this is where I think we need some real, some real friggin' news so we can we can actually like for sure. <laughs> right now, yeah. fly, Flyers fans are just eating each other alive right now with frustrations because there's no news out there, and so right, it, uh, right. it just gets aggressive. But. Um, yeah, we're almost there. We're almost there. Um, we're still waiting for you, uh, Matt Casey, to to get into this little Twitter, you know, fight. All right. So we'll we'll be right. expecting that. That's your deadline by tomorrow night. You got to find something. I threw one gif in there. I was I was good. I, I was saw, good. man. I know that was brutal. You really sharpened the blade for that one. <laughs> All right. I mean, anyway, I, this was the fun. I have one last oh, thing. I have one last oh, thing. I'm gonna All right. I want to quote Matt Casey from a couple weeks back. John, you weren't, you were, you know, off in Never Never Land. We don't, we don't know where you were, but you know, we're we're just guys that like to talk about the Flyers. It's our it's our team. We get on a podcast and we try to be professional and try to know what the fuck we're talking about. We like we <laughs> we like to have fun with it, right? At the end of the day, we like to have fun with it. John, you're 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 frozen now, like. There you are. We like to have fun with it at the end of the day, but we try to be as professional as we can and know what we're talking about. So that's what I have to say. And one thing I have to say is that Hoagie's been chugging 40 ounces for the past hour and a half. So this is, this is 40 ounce Hoagie speaking. Oh, man. <laughs> we're going to start it's every podcast, but this might be the booze talking, but. <laughs> right. Um, this might be, right. this might be so, the White Claws talking. Let me do this quick. 